You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Mitchell Institute report has identified while parents are paying 37% more for their childcare than in 2012, one third of childcare centres have flunked for national standards. I'm Education Editor James Wells and I'm joined by two of the report's co-authors, Dr Bronwyn Hins and Megan O'Connell, to discuss. Can you both begin by running through the key findings of the report and what they mean? Sure, look, the key findings of our report are that around 60,000 young children arrive at school every year that aren't ready for school, so they're vulnerable and they're already behind their peers. One in three children aren't ready to... One in three children don't attend early learning so the hours they need to make a difference. And we know there's a gap between kids and how they're doing, between the wealthiest and the poorest children and also between metro areas and rural and regional areas. And we know the kids who are missing out the most are the ones who would actually get the most benefit out of early childhood. Does this relate to um, the Grand Institute analysis of NAPLAN data that was released earlier in the year which shows poorer smart kids lagged behind their wealthier counterparts? Does it show the cycle sort of begins in early childhood education? Absolutely. That's very complementary research. So we look at the stage before schooling and how prepared children are to take the opportunities offered by schooling. We find there are gaps even. They found that gaps were present and widened in schooling. And we've found that the gaps were present and widening in the years, multiple years before schooling commenced. What does this report tell us about the quality of early childhood education between the kids from wealthier backgrounds and those from poorer backgrounds? Our research has um, looked at data from many different government agencies and university research centres and reconfirmed that there is not an even distribution of high quality centres around Australia. So if you live in a disadvantaged neighbourhood, there are fewer high quality centres or centres at all that are available to you. And there's also a restriction in the funding that is available to you. So if you were to be accessing preschool through a long daycare centre, an early learning centre, you would not have um, the subsidies available to you if you were a non-working parent compared to a working parent. And we're arguing that access to early learning should be every child's entitlement. It's nothing to do with what their parents' working situation is. Just like schooling, all kids have the right, and this should be supported by legislation and sustainable funding. Do you think the Commonwealth could afford this? Um, look, I think absolutely. We can see at the moment that about 95% of children are enrolled in preschool at the age of four. So we've made really good strides in increasing attendance in preschool over the last few years, but we do know that there are some pockets of disadvantage out there where, where less children are attending. And if the Commonwealth put more money into this, it would mean that there'd be less troubles in school later on. So it would be a wise investment for government to prioritise preschool education. There's also this figure in the report that one in three centres flunked the national standards. Can you tell us a bit more about this figure? Uh, this figure applies to the three quarters of approved services that have been rated so far. Now, it's quite a lengthy and thorough assessment process, which is why we haven't, not every centre has been assessed yet. And one of our key recommendations is greater support for the sector so we can increase the pace of assessments and have them more regularly and have everyone assessed by the middle of next year. Um, what we found is that there's uneven distribution of quality and that this quality area most services struggle with the most is developing um, an educational program that meets children at their developmental points of need. Was the majority of the centres who didn't meet the standard, what, what sort of students did they cater for a lot of the time? Um, there are marked differences in um, quality across different types of early childhood and education services. So if you look at standalone preschools, 
they're kicking goals that have been for a long time. They've had um, many decades of developing developmentally appropriate education programs to young um, children aged you know, three, four, and five. But when you look at long daycare centres for whom it's um, have had less experience than preschool in um, educational program delivery, they have um, a lower percentage meeting all quality areas. There's also a difference between the for-profit and the not-for-profit sectors. Our key finding is we want all centres to be high quality and we need to have more support for the whole sector to make this happen. Where should this support come from? We would like to see it come from government. We think if you look at investment opportunities and priorities across the whole of government um, activity, this is one of the greatest bang for buck investments you can make. The investment rewards made in early education, the research indicates are greater than those made at later stages of education. And we think that if governments were to be making priority lists, this should be on that list. So are these later stages of education, school and tertiary education? Yes, it's best to get in early, get the foundations right, then to do remedial patch-up work down the track. One of the key findings of the report was also awareness. Could you talk to me a bit about that? Absolutely. One thing we know about early childhood education and care is that not everybody views it the same way. We know we've heard from the government previously it's often looked at as just childcare or babysitting rather than something that has intrinsic educational value and that sets children up for life. So we'd like to see a campaign based on the notion that early learning is really important. It builds the key building blocks for children that get them both ready for schooling, but also ready sort of for a lifelong love of learning and interaction in employment and in society. Who does this promotion need to be targeted towards? It would be dual pronged. So we're thinking a national promotion like Harley's successful um, anti-smoking campaigns and SunSmart campaigns. We want to get in um, every household talking about the importance of early childhood education because busy parents can't don't have time to shower every day, let alone get across all the research. So we've done this and now we're trying to get the message to everyone. We want it supported by a national campaign. And we also want every policymaker to have it in the forefront of her or his mind just how vital a priority this is. Also, you would need to promote awareness of the importance of early childhood education to the government itself for this to happen. Look, absolutely. We'd like to promote the idea that early learning is it's the right of every child regardless of whether their parent works or not. It's, it's something that every child should actually have access to and that it's really important if we want to lift our school, our education rates, if we want to increase participation in the workforce in the future, we have to get it right in the early years. It's as important as schooling. It should be recognised as important as schooling by families and also by governments in terms of legislated um, entitlements and funding that goes with it. We'd also like to say that you can't expand access without also looking at quality. The two go hand in hand. The benefits come from attending a high quality centre. So we really want to support those services that are not yet meeting those national targets to reach and exceed those targets by the middle of next year.